Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my thing. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. All right, hour number two gets underway here on the Chris Gordy Show. Had a fantastic, fantastic first hour. Chris Landry joined us. Talked a little LSU, talked a little Saints with him. Now we talk a little LSU with our guy Sam Spiegelman from SEC Country. Sam, what's going on, man? Good morning. Good morning, man. How you doing? We're doing all right, especially after that uh, butt-whooping LSU put on BYU on Saturday. I guess a uh, very impressive effort both offensively and defensively, but let's start with defensively. Your thoughts on Dave Aranda going into year two as the LSU defensive coordinator. Not a bad way to start the season, shutting out an opponent, holding them under 100 yards, and not letting them cross the 50, right? No, that's a historically astonishing performance. Um, you know, it, it, you can't talk about the LSU defense without talking about what they lost from a season ago. They lost their starting linebackers, Tredavious White, Jamal Adams, a really valuable uh, rotational defensive back in, in Dwayne Thomas, obviously Devon Godshaw, and and they they find replacements out of nowhere. I mean, we all know what Devin White was, but we didn't expect Donnie Alexander not to play. And you saw the, the two freshmen, Jacob Phillips and Tyler Taylor, fill in without without flaw. Um, Kerry Vincent is a true freshman, came in and, and starred at the nickel spot. Um, by the way, uh, Arden Key didn't play, and and Caleb on Chase on uh, got the start in place of the All American pass rusher. He was in the backfield every time that Dave Aranda asked him to be. Um, Ray Thornton got a couple of reps um, with uh, Chase on at the B linebacker spot. And then Corey Thompson, finally healthy after so long um, battling injuries in and out of the lineup, finally showing what the F linebacker spot really looks like at LSU. And, and he played really well uh, as well. So you saw a lot of new faces, but they're performing just as well as those those big-name guys were a year ago and. <laughs> I hate to say this, but they're only going to get better when Arden Key comes back, when Donnie Alexander comes back, when Kevin Tolliver comes back. And that's another spot. Greedy Williams making his first career start, first time that the BYU quarterback targets him, comes up with a very athletic interception. Greedy, um, you know, <laughs> what a fantastic couple, uh, a couple of months it's been for him under Corey Raymond, and, and he showed it on Saturday night in the Dome in a place he's very familiar with. Yeah, let, let's start with him. With him, um, Kevin Tolliver doesn't doesn't play. He was part of that group that was suspended for the first week. Uh, I know he's been back at practice, and he, they expect him to play this week. But Tolliver had his struggles last year as a starting corner. If he struggles at all in this game or the next game or whatever, it's going to be a lot of people calling for Greedy Williams to play a little bit more, especially with that you know outstanding debut last week for Greedy. 
Yeah, um, I expect Grady to play regardless. You know, I think Kevin Tolliver is, is worthy of starting. We forget how good he was as a freshman, and he, he battled some injuries and some personal things a year ago, which, which coincided with his sophomore slump, uh, for a lack of better terms. And, but I've, all, all the, the reviews of, of, of Tolliver this offseason have been about getting things right mentally, um, regaining his focus, and then when you look at him physically, he looks like he's in the best shape of his, of his life. And I really think his ceiling is a first-round draft pick um, when everything is, is, is in the right spot. Now, he was obviously gone, and, and Greedy played just absolutely fantastic in his stead. Um, and I think he's worthy of, of getting snaps on a week-in, week-out basis. Um, what I imagine is that Dante Jackson will see a little bit more snaps in the nickel spot, kind of like Tredavious White did a year ago. And then Dante and Kerry Vincent will, will both rotate at the nickel spot could see them on the field at the same time, very likely. Um, and then when, when that happens, you'd have Tolliver and Greedy on the outside cornerback spots. And that way you're just getting your best personnel on the field all at the same time because if Tolliver is healthy and, and playing at his best, along with Greedy, who's up and coming, Dante Jackson, who's proven, and Kerry Vincent, who's kind of the lights-out freshman nickel, that's, that's really four cornerbacks you have on the field at the same time against some of those pass-heavy offenses. I know uh, Arden Key was out there on the practice field, and uh, you know, he's been out there. He he was back out there last week, but in a no no contact uh, jersey. And then yesterday, they said he was taking part in a little bit more live contact drills. How close is Arden Key com- coming to uh, returning? And uh, we'll, should we maybe pinpoint next week as his return date at Mississippi State? He's 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 coming along and. I don't want to say it's quickly. I don't want to say it's slowly, but he's coming along. And I think the way that Chason played last week, um, there's there's no there's no real need to rush Arden back. Um, I mean, he's he is the most valuable player defensively speaking. So there's there's no need to to rush him back, risk re-injuring that shoulder. Um, so I think I think it's I think that Mississippi State makes sense, and and even then. I don't. I don't even know if he's if he's needed in that game. I think we're, we're going to keep seeing Chase on make big plays, especially against a team like Chattanooga. But it'd be nice to have someone like Key back against Mississippi State, the first conference game. Um, I think that's a, it's a fair speculation to say that he would be back for the first SEC game, um, especially considering how rapidly he's come along in, in just such a short period of time. Um, the fact is, yesterday he looked very aggressive. It looked like he was inviting contact with a. Uh, with so the way he was practicing with, with Chase on and some of the some of the offensive linemen he was working against, I think Orgeron is taking a really cautious approach, and I think that's the right approach with with Arden because, yeah, it would be great to see him against Mississippi State. You know, yeah, it would be great. You know, for for the first home game and and a couple, you know, next this week or in two weeks by the end of the month, but it'd be much 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 more valuable to have him when Florida. Uh, Auburn and, and Alabama are on that schedule because those are the three hardest games of the season. And it'd be more important to have him then than it would be to see him early on. Well, if he wanted to come back and play against Chattanooga, he could pull a Miles Garrett. And <laughs> what I mean by pulling a Miles Garrett is racking up all your good your your stats in the in the games against lesser opponents and disappearing in the big games. Because man, do you remember any play Miles Garrett made against LSU ever? I mean, it seemed like the guy, all the guys' big numbers came in the smaller games. So uh, I. I joke in jest, taking a shot at, uh, at Garrett, but Arden Key certainly is in that conversation of being a, a top five pick, at least in, in the NFL draft. We just want to see him get back out there and show what he can do. We're talking with Sam Spiegelman from SEC Country. 
Uh, any word on those guys who were suspended last week, Sam, on what exactly it was? I know Ed Ogeron came out last week and said, we're going to keep all discipline in-house and, and all that. But any word on what what those guys did? Uh, no, Orgeron is, is tight-lipped, and I think that's going to be the way he's going to be moving forward. Um, you know, as much as he opens up practice to, to us during the week and uh, as much as he wants to talk about the progress of different players at different times, when it comes to discipline, it's, this is the whole new philosophy that he's taking. Um, if I'm going to speculate, I think it's, a, I think it's a, an array of different reasons, the different guys. Um, you know, I think there were 13 uh, that, that didn't make the trip. Um, guys like Zay Lewis, Christian Fulton, Mike Divinity, Donnie Alexander. Um, just, 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 just listing off the top of my head. Uh, so these are like, guys that, that are, are expected to play big roles too. So you have to imagine that they did something and coach O wanted to send a message, but he, he, I, I, I can't imagine a world in which coach O divulges the reason why they weren't able to play in the season over against BYU, especially because a lot of those guys are New Orleans natives. They played high school in New Orleans metro area, and they would have loved to play in the Superdome um, either again uh, or for the first time in their careers. So they must have done something to leave the head coach with a bad taste in his mouth. Maybe like showing up late late to practice, skipping the class, or uh, hanging out at the bars or something like that. I mean, it's got to be something like that. I just it, it's It's just odd that – there's been no word on what it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think um, you know. I think other coach, each coach handles handles this kind of uh, discipline their own style. I feel like you know, Coach O wants to take the approach to keep everything in house, and, and that's that's his right as the head coach. I feel like someone like Nick Saban might be open with it. Um, you know, it, it all, I think it all just depends on on what the head coach's take is, and and he's trying to control the media. Um, which is which is not a bad thing because you don't. But what it does is allow people like you and I to speculate on what could it possibly be, and and it invites us to to ask people we know what what have you heard, um, and and keep asking Coach Joe what's the reason, what's the reason, what's the reason. So I think uh, we'll get a couple of our answer questions answered this week against Chattanooga. Will we see Xavier Lewis play? Will we see Donnie Alexander return to his spot at middle linebacker? If if we don't, I think it starts to lead us in the direction that maybe these are more serious than we're led on to be. But if we see the majority of these guys return uh, and maybe a few individuals left out of the game, that leaves the, the question of what did those individuals that still aren't back on the field doing, um, that they're not on the too deep or, or involved in the game at this point. Well, let's be real. If this were Nick Saban, none of those guys would have been suspended in the first place because he lets all his guys play, even no matter what they do. Uh, talking with Sam Spiegelman from uh, SEC Country, uh, we, we talked about the defense. Sam, what did you make of the offense? Matt Canada and his uh, debut performance as an LSU coach. It was pretty interesting, the first play from scrimmage, all the pre-snap movement, and literally got an audible Ooh, from the crowd, wowed by <laughs> movement pre-snap, something we haven't seen in many years at LSU. Yeah, I think my, my two takeaways from Matt Canada's offense, um, one is, is, is that pre-snap movement. I mean, the receivers have to be in, in tip-top shape. And, and they joked about that back in the spring. But, you know, I felt for the first, like, seven or eight plays, DJ Chark, I saw a number seven just go back and forth, back and forth, and if that were me, I would have been gassed, and I would have had to be taken out of the game. <laughs> but DJ Chark, Russell Gage, Derek Dillon were all in motion. They used Darius Geis and Daryl Williams in motion, J.D. Moore in motion. 
They've flipped the offensive line back and forth, back and forth to create all this deception before the snap. Um, so all the pre-snap motion to disguise something that's really obvious, which is the running game. And anyone who doesn't think LSU is going to run the ball with number five in the backfield um, hasn't been paying attention because Coach O has made it very clear they're going to utilize the running game as LSU is notorious for, um, whether it's Les Miles and Cam Cameron or Coach O and Matt Canada. Um, so I like that they don't get away from the running game just because they want to install a more effective passing game. Um, on that, I was really happy to see Drake Davis get involved with the offense. He, he basically was the starting receiver opposite of Chark, um, which makes a lot of sense because I know that Coach O had said that, that besides Chark, it was Gage and, and Dylan as the starting receivers. But the Gage and Dylan both fit the prototype of a more slot receiver. And I understand they're going to be used more um, in more roles in Matt Canada's offense, but to play on the outside, you need to have the physical build and the, and the grittiness and the athleticism and I think Drake Davis is the most athletic player on LSU's roster. So um, I was under the impression he had a really good offseason, so it was um, rewarding to see him on the field, make, getting a couple of snaps and being involved with the offense um, more visibly. And last, I really like what Matt Canada is doing with his tempo. Um, you know, a couple of times they, they hit big plays downfield to Gage and to Chark, and then within seconds they were handing the ball off to Geis um, catching the BYU defense off guard because they're just gassed after getting beat 40, 50 yards downfield. So I like the way he mixes that up. He was able to kill the clock when he needed to, and he was able to kind of catch the BYU front off guard when he needed to. I thought that mix-up made LSU's offense even more um, unpredictable and a little bit more mysterious, uh, you know, besides the fact that they were basically just running the ball over and over again by, by throwing different guys in different directions but also do, keeping the, the defense off guard with, with the timing of those snaps. Talking with Sam Spiegelman of SECCountry.com. Last thing for you, Sam, I know you recover recruiting pretty well. Uh, any news on the recruiting front? I know you have a piece up that uh, the four-star wide receiver Lawrence Keyes was impressed by LSU's offense. I know Jamar Chase had a nice opening uh, game for uh, for Rummel this past weekend. Where are we on the, uh, the latest with LSU recruiting? Yeah, um, you know, just, just using the Lawrence Keys piece as an example, um, he watched the game. He got a call from Coach O and Coach Mickey Joseph before the, before the game started, which, was, which I thought was pretty cool to reach out to their top slot receiver target in the 2018 class. And, and he was impressed. He liked, he, you know, kids liked all the, the pre-snap movement and a couple of the big plays down the field to the, to the slot guys, um, to Chark, and, and then even the jet sweeps, you know, where they have like seven or eight uh, – guys touch the ball and that includes the wide receivers so they're they're getting involved with the offense and probably a pre you know a higher degree of appreciation from keys because he, he's coming off a 6-0 loss to st aug on sunday night so i'm sure he just wanted the ball in his hands and can respect what lsu did on offense to get those guys the ball in their hands um you know he was impressed with the offense but he knows that more is coming you know these, these recruits know so much more than you or i man because Coach Coach O, Coach Canada, Coach Mickey have shown them what this offense can do in its full effect. Now, Coach O said after the game he only revealed 10% of the offense. Well, <laughs> that, you know, sometimes you have to take what coaches say with a grain of salt, but I, I really believe that because, like, like we said before, they basically just ran the ball 47 times and then mixed in a couple of jet sweeps and, and, and bubble screens and a few shots downfield. I really think this offense, just showed a little bit of peace because they didn't need to, sh- to open up the whole playbook to beat BYU. And I, don't, I definitely don't think they're going to have to use more than 50% to beat Chattanooga this, this Saturday. Um, so guys like Jamar Chase and, and Terrace Marshall 
Keenan Jones, and Jerry Jenkins, all the top wide receiver targets and commitments, they know that more is coming. Uh, I think that they understand that LSU is not going to open it up all week one and then basically show their cards to the, to the rest of the SEC before that part of the schedule opens up. Um, I think that they do need to see it. Um, I saw, they, they saw basically a, a little preview, an appetizer. But they're waiting for the big meal. Guys like Terrace Marshall is being recruited to replace DJ Chark next year. He needs to see DJ Chark catch multiple balls, multiple balls downfield in a game, um, and see how he'd be used on each play. Guys like Lawrence Keys need to see Russell Gage and Derek Dillon have some more dynamic plays in the offense. Guys like Jamar Chase in that same mold to be used all over the field, kind of like a Drake Davis. So they are watching those three and four wide receiver sets. Um, and, and seeing how they would literally be utilized. They need to see it. And I think September 2nd was, was one little appetizer. I think they're going to have a better, better idea, a better grasp of this LSU offense by the time October rolls around and we're in that SEC schedule and they're in, in tighter games against Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And by the time Auburn comes to town and they go to Florida and, and they need to use that full Matt Canada playbook. He is Sam Spiegelman. SECCountry.com is the website. Covers LSU. Does a great job. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sam Speak. Sam, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, man. You have a good one. All right, you too. Sam Spiegelman there of SEC Country. We went way over, so I need to catch up our break here. When we come back, we'll uh, get into a little bit more of it. Uh, the polls are out. We'll tell you where LSU is in both the uh, AP and coaches' polls and a whole lot more. It's the Chris Gordish here right here on Sports 1280 New Orleans. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 